I'm Sarah Tasker. I'm Jen Carrington. And this is Letters from a Hopeful Creative. So, one of the first questions that we answered together was all about when you're the object of someone's envy and comparison. So, comparison is a subject we have touched on before, but today's question is all about when you're the one struggling with comparison. Shall I read it out? Let's hear it. This is from Gabby, and Gabby says, I'm a little embarrassed to send this question into you, as I feel like I should be over this by now, but I cannot seem to shake it. My business is doing really well. I'm a health coach of a steady client base, and I'm also currently working on my first book, which I'm hoping to find a publisher for next year, but I just can't seem to stop comparing myself to other business owners. I see other people who started at a similar time to me doing new and exciting things and I feel like I'm falling behind. Or I see newer health coaches and worry that I will soon become irrelevant. I know this is also silly. I love my business. I'm really proud of what I've achieved and I'm so excited for my plans for the future. So why do I keep doing this to myself? I know this is a personal question to ask, but do you ever struggle with this too? And if so, can you help me? I know that this is going to hold me back from reaching my full potential and I'm just so fed up of doing this to myself. Please help. This is from Gabby. Oh, Gabby. It's actually a really interesting question because I think people tend to assume once you get to the point where Gabby is, that all of these problems magically disappear. I think comparison is this beast that we're all tackling in different ways at different stages of our life. It's kind of part of the human condition. It's always going to be there. And I think we're living in a time where it's easier to be stuck in that because we've just got more access to other people's highlight reels. Yes. And also I think like in the kind of work that a lot of us are doing and a lot of our listeners are doing we're constantly looking for ways to measure our success and get validation Mm -hmm. because we've not got it built in as a structure. Like if you want to be an accountant, you can go and take your accountancy degrees and you know how well you've passed and you get a score and then you get a job in a business and you have annual appraisals and you can move up through the structure and you get pay rises and you know how well you're doing professionally. Mm -hmm. And I think there's kind of a need in us because we've been through the school system and a lot of us have been through like different jobs. We have this need where we want validation and we want to be told that we're doing well so we look to what other people are doing to compare but then what we always seem to do is find someone who's doing better than us and take that as evidence that we're not doing as well I think you just hit the nail on the head of why we do this to ourselves and I think we're searching for something that is only going to hurt us in the end yeah it's kind of like looking at like the accountant two tiers above you looking at their payslip and being like they're worth so much more than me. Like you would never do that because you would know that they were just further along on the path. Like it's much more linear in that traditional setup. But because none of our work is linear, none of them are actually even comparable because none of our paths, none of our businesses, none of our creativity is comparable because we're all doing our own thing. It's a really dangerous game to look at their equivalent of a payslip, whether that's like the followers on social media or how many courses they've sold or whatever else. I wonder, do you think as humans, do you think we're wired to compare? Like, is it like a survival mechanism? I think it's probably somewhere in our, like, our genetics to just, we're, we're built for community, we're built to fit in and really want... So we're examining our place in it all. Absolutely. And also, like, I think when you look at, like, primates, there's always kind of tiers and hierarchies and society structures within that. So it probably goes back to something really basic and bio- biological, but then I always think we're not chimps like we have conscious brains and we're able to make choices for ourselves and override that as much as possible I think comparison does nothing good for us ever I think envy can help because it can teach us something Mm. but I think comparison I think like it's a different muscle because sometimes we're just comparing ourselves it's not that we're jealous we're just a bit like well why does she have that we make it into like a bit of a stick to beat ourselves with yeah and although I think it probably quite often comes from a good place from us just trying to kind of validate ourselves Mm -hmm. 
it really quickly for almost everybody slips into quite a negative place, probably just because psychologically we're all, we all find it a lot easier to look at what we don't have them appreciate what we do I think it comes down to a scarcity versus abundant mindset especially because Gabby it sounds like her comparison is very specifically within her industry yeah you can either look at your industry as like a small part of potential clients for example or opportunities and the more people there are the less is available Mm -hmm. and that's just you're looking at it from a scarcity mindset you're like oh well if she's got that piece of the pie there's less pie for me yeah And I think it's actually really, really hard. But the only way to survive this is to see the pile of opportunities as endless. Yes. Because, you know, like if you think of a company maybe that has built up like a really established client base and they're kind of the only ones in their field. And then say a new competitor came along and that company was like, it's not fair, they're stealing our clients. No, that's just how capitalism works. Yeah. And to be fair, a lot of the time it is kind of crappy like capitalism is ruthless yeah a lot of people make very mean choices in the name of capitalism but in the same way like iphones apple made the iphone put it out there and then android and samsung and everybody else made basically the iphone as well yeah that didn't mean i don't think that apple overall sold fewer iphones i think what it meant is everybody got a smartphone it increased the demand for smartphones across the board and meant that it became ubiquitous for everybody yeah i think sometimes when you've established a successful business i think what we're all searching for is some sense of stability Mm. and i wonder if comparison comes in at that stage in your business because it's kind of like you're looking around you and you're seeing danger you're seeing oh she's new oh oh she's doing more than me it's is it threatening how you the safety that you feel in your business because it feels like competition yeah we're like kind of looking for the saber-toothed tiger on the yeah, hill yeah that's that gonna, was literally the vision in my mind <laughs> yeah that's going to compromise like the safety of this little thing that we've built and again that's really human and it's it's so maybe the first step in this is just like acknowledging to yourself that what you're feeling is really human not judging it not beating yourself up over it because there's a lot of that she's saying i know it's really silly in the in yes. the message and actually, it's not silly, it's normal. And it's it's probably what everybody is doing. But there are probably more healthy ways to frame it and for you to respond to it. How do you deal with comparison at this stage in your business where I think anyone listening right now, if you're about to say that you do struggle with comparison, everyone listening will be like, what? But you're so <laughs> successful. Like, I would be so curious to hear your perspective on this. I absolutely do. Like, of course, you see somebody who's doing something that maybe you want to do or that you feel like you could do or should do and they're doing it brilliantly or they're doing it in a, you know, they're achieving amazing success. I don't think there's anyone that doesn't feel a stab of comparisonitis when you see that and feel like it maybe it means something about you. But what I've learned over the years is that when I feel that comparisonitis feeling, it's not really about the other person at all. Mm-hmm. It's about something I want is something I need and the validation is never going to come from looking at what other people are doing it's never going to come from the numbers it's only ever going to come and last if it comes from myself which sounds like woo (laughs) sounds like a self-help book that was written in the 80s but it's about self-belief and that you I've worked a lot with Sass Petherick I've talked about that before like if you believe that your work has worth and that it has sustainability and that it's going to continue in the future and continue to grow you don't need anyone else to tell you that and you don't feel frightened of other people having different types of success. I think that is so true and I think that's so important. I think seeking internal validation over external validation as a business owner is key to surviving this because I think for me, am I proud of the work I'm doing in the world? Does my work feel meaningful? Do I feel fulfilled? Do I feel like I'm self-actualizing or whatever that looks like for me in this season? 
that's the questions I want to ask myself because I don't want to picture myself on a conveyor belt against 20 other people and how am I doing in comparison to those 20 other people no. that feels like hell to me and also <laughs> you're never gonna win how do you win that game and I think that damages the potential relationships you could have with those 20 yes. other people because you know it's a cliche a rising tide lifts all boats but I really have found like if you take me and you, for example, we're not actually, I wouldn't even say on a very basic business level we're competitors because we offer very different things, mm. but we actually serve quite a similar client base. There's a lot of overlap. There's a lot of overlap. I've never once in my life felt any sense of, of in our relationship, felt any sense of like competitiveness or comparison between the two of us because I know what you're about and I know what I'm about and I root for you and I'm on your team and I know you're the same with me. Yeah. And if there was, that came into our relationship, we would not have a relationship. It would be horrible. Well, there'd be no trust and yeah, it would just erode everything away. And it shows up in weird ways. Like, I, have you ever done it? I remember Lucy Sheridan, she Instagramed about this maybe a while back how something she does when comparison hits is that she withholds likes on social media. Oh, it's so common, isn't it? Like how you see someone share something good and you're just like... <laughs> Well, you know how I'm going to get my revenge? I'm not going to like your Instagram photo sharing this good news. <laughs> like it's going to make any difference, yeah. first of all. But you feel so proud of yourself because yeah. you're like, oh, I didn't give you my like. <laughs> and yeah, what does that say? That that's, It's so interesting to kind of unpack what we're doing in that mm-hmm. moment, which is like, are we trying to hold them back? Like I think some people think if I don't like it, it'll do worse than the algorithm and then they won't grow as fast. Oh, was that deep dripping for some people? I think for some people it does. And for some people they just can't in that moment feel happy for the other person which again is human I'm not attaching yeah, so any human. judgment we do that. it all the time absolutely but if you catch yourself doing that it is really interesting to go hold on like what do I think I'm doing here like and be able to laugh at yourself and be like clicking that heart button on someone who I call a friend quite often it's a friend yeah. and you're like I need to be able to be happy for my friends successes because they're happy for mine I think comparison makes our world smaller yeah because I think it makes us make people kind of um two-dimensional in our head she's got something I want she's successful and I think what comparison sometimes does is we start to make stories up about that person's success they don't deserve it oh I'm better than them and all we're trying to do is find our role in the pack order and in business, the way I like to see it is like, I feel like we're all peers. I know that sounds so like the end of Mean Girls when it's like, I just want to bake a cake out of rainbows. <laughs> I try and look at it two ways. The best way I look at it is, I don't care. I don't care what anyone else is doing. Yeah. I want them to be doing whatever makes them happy. My work exists unto itself. It doesn't exist in response to the industry. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big danger because when you go into a comparison place, you're running a business in response to your comparison feelings your magic isn't happening yeah, in that and I've place. seen people do this like literally build a whole business based on what the person they're obsessed with is doing so they're always like two steps behind they're always doing things that are not the right fit for them not things that they're actually passionate about they're just trying to grab a bit of someone else's magic when they've got like their own heap of magic in the corner that they're just ignoring and it damages your sense of self yes and I think it's so interesting about Gabby Sher because she's got success. She's probably a huge trigger for some other people's comparison. My question is, what are you searching for, Gabby, when you're looking outside of yourself right now to the people who are ahead of you or maybe coming up behind you? Even framing in that way, I think, is dangerous in terms of the way I'm framing because it. Because it sounds linear like a path again. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, 
I think within your comparison, you're searching for something. Like, are you, is it validation that you're searching? Is it safety? Is it that you might be struggling with external expectations on you rather than the internal expectations? Like, what is really like grinding your gears here? Because you're not just comparing yourself. I think you are working through something in that action. I agree. And, and sometimes it's just that the other person is doing the thing that we don't let, haven't given ourselves permission to do. Like a lot of the time, I, I always think of the example of um, people who are super, super judgy of people who like share openly on the internet so people who find that like absolutely outrageous you know like the get off my internet type (laughs) commenters who are just shocked and appalled that someone would like let someone see their baby in a bath (laughs) and I think what that tells me about you is that you are living your life with this really strict set of rules Mm -hmm. and you're doing your very best to live by them and then you see somebody else who's not living by those rules and you're horrified because you're like hold on, I've been working my ass off to just try and stick to these parameters that I was told were important. And here's someone living completely free from it. And a lot of the time when we are like hate reading or like looking at other people's pages compulsively to give ourselves that masochistic feeling, it's actually because we want to give ourselves a little bit of whatever it is they're doing, but it's really hard to dig beneath the layers of like conditioning and judgment and all those other things that we've kind of heaped on top of it. Yeah, it's, it's always more than the comparison. Yeah. I think with comparison, I think it holds us back from actually reaching our potential in our business because I think it makes us ask the wrong questions. Yeah. Your magic happens in a rabbit hole. So if you're constantly looking at what's happening around you, that's wasted energy from where your, not only where your best work happens, but where your best life happens. And also I think that... <laughs> What, what we're comparing ourselves to is not the truth. No, like on an like intellectual level, I think most of us kind of know that. But when you get down to it on like an emotional level, we're all forgetting it all of the time. Like name any one of the people that you feel comparison with on social media. And I bet you're imagining that their life is friction free. Like their partner is just wonderful and always supportive <laughs> and they've never had any like huge problems with them or they've never struggled with debts or they've never had a huge health issue and like you just can't know there's everyone has got stuff that they're hiding from the internet not because we're being secretive but because we've all got a personal life that we want to keep to ourselves I also think there's nothing wrong with protecting yourself from your own comparison habits yes this is why the mute button exists oh my goodness yes and if need be like There was a time when I used to have to block certain websites from my browser because I would go and I would set myself spiraling. Mm -hmm. Like, do whatever you need to do to enforce the boundaries that your real self knows you want and need. Because I always think of this thing, someone once told me in relation to parenting, that, like, say your child does something and you shout at them, that very first instinct to shout at them is what you've been conditioned Mm. to to think or do. And the instinct that comes after that is the one that's the real you, is what you really think. And so often we react on the first instinct, we never get the chance to stop and hear what we really think. Now, it's a complete oversimplification of the psychology of it, I am sure. But it's really true that we can do things on impulse. You're bored, you're tired, you're feeling crap. You're going to open up your browser and go against all those promises you made yourself when you were in a good, clear headspace. And look at that, look at that Instagram account or whatever it is that's setting you off. So if you can kind of build yourself a safety net so that that first instinct is interrupted and your second instinct just has a chance to catch in and and say, hang on, what are we doing? Yeah, I think there's, there is actually so much, we all do this. I think there's so much to learn from doing this in terms of learning something about yourself. Yep. 
there's always something because when we compare ourselves to someone else my question for Gabby is this is going to sound really woo but like do you feel like you're enough because you've got success it sounds your business is sounds like it's wildly successful right now and it's reached probably everything you dreamed it could do yeah through comparing ourselves I think we're searching for validation and answers and kind of like guidelines of how we're fitting in what is leaving you not feeling full right now enough as you are is there something in your business that is not fulfilling you is there something in your relationship with yourself like we will all always be susceptible to comparison I think yeah I don't think it's going anywhere but I think the more we've built a home within ourselves I think the less it affects us the less it derails us from our path it's like amplifying that second voice in that example and I think a really interesting exercise to do as well is to just check in on what you are measuring success as Mm -hmm. because what Gabby's described in her letter to us by pretty much anyone's standard is a really successful business it's not a failure it's doing really well it's obviously got room that it's going to keep on growing she's got plans for the future so if that's not what success looks like to Gabby what is Mm -hmm. and then maybe questioning some of those things because maybe what looks like success to you is I have to have like a half million pound business Mm. or I have to have a million followers on Instagram Mm. or I have to sell out within 10 minutes or whatever this thing that you've probably seen someone else has done and decided that that is the hallmark of success and anything different just doesn't count and actually that's not how the world works. I think and I imagine we're both similar here I would say on a pie chart of being comparison-y and not being comparison-y, I would say I struggle with comparison 15 to 20% of the time, maybe. I wouldn't say, if you asked me to put down a list of five to 10 things in my business that caused me the most distress, I wouldn't put comparison on the no, list. No, I wouldn't. I feel like mine's like 10%. Yeah, maybe I got like, it's small. And what I can also definitely see is that when it flares up, it always comes all in one go, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, it's not 10% spread evenly across the no, year. No, no. It's always in small doses, and it's always when there's other stuff going on. When I lose myself, then I decide to look out of myself and make myself feel even crapper. But I yes. think the reason why me and you would not say that comparison is something we struggle with to the point of detriment or to the point where it's a big part of our lives is because we know what we're doing. We know, we know what we want. Yeah. What we're building, what we're pursuing, what's... I, I don't even care about the word success anymore. I think success is a social construct. Yes. Used to make us pursue things outside of ourselves. I don't want success. I want happiness. I want impact. I want joy. I want meaning. And I think we know what that looks like for us. And that's what saves us from looking outside of ourselves for answers of are we good enough? I think we've chosen internal metrics to measure ourselves. Yes. And it's it's a hard thing to do. Like, it's easy to say. And I would say for me, there are still occasions when it flares up. Oh, like, for sure. Especially around money. That's a huge one. Like I've been talking recently with my husband about maybe consciously taking a year away from earning as much and doing something more creative, maybe writing my fiction. And like, I go back and forth between that is success. That mm. The choice to be able to do that and to indulge my passion is the definition of success to me. But then there's also that other instinct, that reflex that comes, especially it tends to be like in the small hours of the morning that's like, no, you're giving up success if you don't keep trying to grow and trying to make more money because we've just been conditioned from birth to believe that success looks like a very small set of things. I think it's okay for two things to be true at the same time, that making amazing money does make you feel successful and having freedom in your life makes you feel yeah. successful. Because you I choose. <laughs> I know I personally can sometimes feel a lot of shame if something makes me feel really proud of myself in my business that I've now decided is like a lesser 
Yeah. Like, like a money goal. If I reach a certain money goal and I'm like, oh, I'm really proud. I'll be like, oh, but like, why is that making you feel proud? I'm like, hey, you know what? It's really okay to be proud to have reached something that you didn't ever know would be possible for you. While also knowing that it's not the be all and end all of who you are as a human being. I tend to think of money as an indicator of the health of my business. Yes. More than anything it says about me as a person. And I don't know if that's because we're women or if it's because maybe we've kind of come from more diverse economic backgrounds or I don't I don't know how different people feel about this it would be really interesting to hear from other listeners Mm -hmm. actually but I've never really thought that like having money or not having money defines who you are as a person but I do think of my business like if my business isn't making turnover then it tells me something about my business that needs to change yeah and that's because I also think we know where we begin and where our business ends and we begin. Yeah. My business is not me. It's the work I do in the world. It's how I express myself. When I die, my business will only be a part of my life. Yeah. It's not my whole life. And I agree with you. Money for me is just the health of my business and just can I sustain my life? That's it. Is my business healthy and therefore is my business able to sustain my life? And I think this comes down to comparison is if you, the more you know yourself and the more you love yourself and the more you have a relationship with yourself, the less comparison derails you from whatever journey you're on. And I think none of us are immune to it ever happening. I know for me, sometimes if just usually in comparison, I'm seeking for deep seated fears to be told that they're true. Yes. Yes. Those horrible things that you say to yourself in like the wee small hours of the night, you're looking for evidence that it's all true or it's going to come true. Yeah, for me, it's sometimes like, oh, am I not good enough? Am I not, you know, it's like, am I not relevant? Like, oh, am I, um, does everyone hate me? Like, (laughs) I think it's also paying attention to what triggers it for you because for some people it's, oh, she makes more money than me. Or for some people it's, oh, like, she takes better photos than me. Or, you know, I think usually what triggers, like for me sometimes if I see someone who can like go on Instagram stories and be really like fun and connecting, and I'm like, I could never do that. And to me, it doesn't actually make me feel comparison It more just makes me feel, I'm so glad I don't have to do something I don't want to do and that they're awesome at it and they're providing that awesome content for people. But that's because you know who you are and you've accepted it. And until you kind of get to that point, I suppose that's harder. I think the inner work of being a business owner is the most important work. Yes. And we avoid doing that when we're scrolling for our phone comparing ourselves to other people. Yes, I say this a lot. I say, if you're going to invest in any area of your business, invest in yourself and your mindset. And whether that means therapy, whether it's coaching, like whatever you think you need, if you're going to invest, if you've got the the tools and resources to do that, then go out and do it. Whether it's like a book or an audio book or a podcast or one-to-one, because I know not everyone can afford it. Mm-hmm. right away to go and splurge on those things because your mindset will make or break your business and comparison is always going to be a part of that but having a toolkit where you understand what comparison is there to tell you and you know how to put it to action usefully or healthfully or at least not let it derail you is one of the greatest tools you can have as a business owner I also think that comes down to like having people or safe places where you can process your comparison. Yeah. Whether it's your partner or a friend or a coach or whatever, a therapist. Actually, because if you're in your head, you don't, you can get really lost in that. Actually saying it out loud, like I saw this, it's making me feel like this. It's triggering this massive fear in me. Because for me, the only time comparison really affects me is when I'm being illogical. Yes. When I'm seeing things, when the, my deepest, darkest fears, something's just triggered it a little bit and then I make a mountain out of a molehill. And we all have blind spots like yeah. that. Like that we always have, I have like, Jen, you're one of my friends. I have a few friends who I'll message and say, this is really annoying me or this is making me really worried or I feel like this person is like copying what I'm doing or whatever else is bothering me. Am I being unreasonable? And people who I trust to say to me either, 
no, there's something to that. Like, mm-hmm. let's let's unpack it. Or to go, yeah, no, this is, it looks fine. This one's on you. And then you know where to kind of take that and how to dig deeper. Yeah. I think it's just, I think it's such a shame that we're living in a time where comparison is stealing so many people's joy and like enjoyment and fulfillment of life. Yeah. And I think it's like become a bit of an epi- epidemic. I mean, I look at Lucy Sheridan, who's amazing, but the fact that so many people, that there's such a big need for a comparison coach. It feels new. I mean, it's amazing because she's awesome and she. I'm, I'm sure her work goes so much deeper than that with her people. But I think the fact that we need that is showing us this is a huge epidemic right now. I just don't think that it was probably the same 50 years ago. I don't think it was. And I th- I think part of the reason for that is because, as we said, I think it's just a human. It's just who we are. And that potential was always there. But people lived much more private and reserved lives. So you really had very little to judge off. You had the clothes they wore, like maybe the car they drove, how their house looked from the outside. What else did you know about how people were living their lives to compare to? Like my grandma used to judge people if they hung their washing out on a Sunday or not because you shouldn't apparently on a Sunday. <laughs> um, I think it's, she wasn't very religious, but I think it was associated to it being the Sabbath. She used to shine, her, she, she would hate me telling you all of this. She'd probably tell you I've got it all wrong. She used to like clean and shine her doorstep. She had this special like red brick stuff. She would make her door and, cl- and shine all of the brass on her front door. And to me, that was all about what available, because the human brain is looking, what yeah, available material yeah. have we got? A, for comparison and B, to try and kind of, like that was the Instagram of the 1950s. Like, how are you presented yeah. to the world? How do you show people that you that you are virtuous and that you've got a nice home? And I'm sure people would have been like, oh my God, my front garden's such a mess. <laughs> like my door's not as shiny as Lillian's. But now we have so much access into inside people's homes, into the food they're eating, into the way they're parenting, into how much sleep they're getting, into the clothes they're wearing and the shape their body is and the work they're doing. It's everything and it's everywhere and it's constant. So of course we're doing more of it. I also think that we shouldn't accept that it has to be our daily experience of life. No. I wouldn't say comparison is an active choice, but I think it's something deeper that we we are choosing to put ourselves in situations that trigger our comparison and we are we maybe choosing to not nurture the relationship with ourselves more than we are choosing to nurture our comparison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think we all deserve to not be held back by the way we are comparing ourselves to other people's lives because I don't think your best work happens in that place I don't think it's motivating I don't think it's encouraging I think it is telling you that you're not good enough and that they're better than you and that you're in competition with everybody it really is just like a masochistic itch scratch and I think for me one of the things as I've become less judgmental of everyone Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've become less judgmental of myself and those two things have really gone in tandem and it's really helped reduce my comparison urges I also think something that I think really helps is the people you compare them yourselves to in our brains we tend to make them a villain because it makes it more comfortable (laughs) and I think practicing respect like mentally showing respect to that human being helps so say this Gabby say you have there's a health coach who maybe is you said that you're jealous sometimes of younger newer health coaches because it makes you feel you could be irrelevant and maybe you're looking at their profiles and thinking oh my god who they think they are I'm way more experienced than them and maybe actually finding a way to see the value in their work and wanting to encourage them I know that sounds really woo and weird but I actually think it shifts the energy in that feeling yeah I agree and sometimes like 
I will make a conscious point of reaching out to the people who I catch myself feeling that way about because it's a way to kind of humanize them again yeah. and stop thinking of them as an Instagram page and remember that they're a real three-dimensional person with three-dimensional problems. And also actually like there is nothing like discovering the person you've been hating for weeks is really lovely <laughs> to pop that bubble and make you go, oh, you know, that was all about me. <laughs> I think if we don't believe that the pool of opportunities is endless, we will always struggle with this. Yeah, and actually, like, from a marketing perspective, from a business perspective, it stacks up. Like, that is not just mindset and woo. That is always going to be more, more. There's enough success to go around for everybody. And that scarcity mindset that you talked about at the beginning, Jen, like, that's what makes us dig in and hold tight and clench up. And it, it stops us being the fluid business owner we need to be. Completely. And I think it's getting to the heart of what am I searching for outside of myself? And what do I need to feel like a whole person in this situation? What do I need to remember that I'm good enough, that my work matters? I also think there's, there's only so much we can gain from paying so much attention to other people are doing. It doesn't help me. I don't need to see what anybody else is doing in their business. No. And the only reason I would look would be to compare myself. Obviously, I want to cheer on my friends. And I want to cheer on the people whose work I love. But the less time I spend seeing what everyone else is doing, the better. And I think that's also maybe a challenging thought sometimes when we live in this world of constantly being connected to everything around us yeah I think if you're like doing surveillance on the competition all the time you're not looking at your own business enough and I have like a, a protective instinct that I've never had to like enforce on myself it's just something I've always naturally done as soon as I'm starting on a project or I've had an idea I cut out anyone else's work that's similar mm -hmm. so like when I decided to start a podcast that was it I stopped listening to podcasts for about three or four months because I knew that if I was listening to other people's podcasts, I, they would be influencing me. I'd be thinking, oh, I should do it like they do and I should bring some of that stuff in. And obviously there's always something to be said for market research. But for me, I know I create best when I just tune into my own ideas and my own creativity. And I've had to learn to trust that because it's so seductive to think if I do what other people are doing, then I'm going to be successful. Partly because it kind of gets us off the hook because if it's not successful, then we can kind of go, well, it was their fault because they gave me bad ideas. You have to like, it's t there's a level of accountability when you trust in your own ideas and follow them through. I think also we limit our potential in our business if we look at the, from a competition frame. So say for example, you were like, okay, I'm going to be a health coach and there's 10 other health coaches and this is the ways I can differentiate myself from every single one of them. You're li actually limiting yeah. what's possible for you. I'm not stupid enough to think that competition isn't real, but I don't ever want to think that someone's choosing me in response to all the other choices. It's, yeah. you can, I've built a brand that I'm hope if, if it's the right fit for you, you're going to connect with me. You're going to enjoy my work. It's going to have an impact in your life. I actually don't think competition is helpful as a concept, unless you're thinking of positioning in the market. I don't see competition ever helping. Have you ever felt times where competition has helped you? Because there's never been a time for me where it's helped me. No, I don't. I know that they say it's healthy from like a capitalist perspective. And I suppose um, when I first launched my Instagram course, there was really no competition in that market and seeing other people kind of start to come in has kept me motivated to kind of keep improving my product but it's hard to say that I wouldn't have done that anyway because I'm kind of that person yeah. I probably would have done anyway I really interesting like I work with quite a lot of illustrators and artists just kind of through my classes and things and I always think that's a really interesting industry because as a visual illustrator and artist you have to learn and understand your own kind of visual voice so clearly and there is no room for other people. So like if you are, if you drew, draw quite like 
simple childlike drawings that are really like just simple line drawings. And you see somebody over here who does like beautiful watercolors growing really quickly. It would obviously just be ridiculous to go, I'm going to start, I'm going to put some more watercolor into my work. Like you can't change what you do. You just have to wait and trust, keep doing you and keep improving what you do as you and trust that the right people for your work will find you just as the right people for that other person's work are finding them. And artists and illustrators kind of seem to get that quite well. But the rest of us are still at a really early stage of noticing that. Yeah. And I think also, if we're going to look at it from the lens of competition, you want your competition to do well. Say, for example, today's letter writer, Gabby, she's a health coach. Say someone in her industry, say, say like a potential customer or client works with another health coach and has a horrible experience it will probably damage their perception of health coaching for the rest of time. And they'll tell all their friends how bad health coaching was. You want people in your industry to be doing good work. One of the things I guess I'm most passionate about in terms of when I think about the industry of say creative coaches is I feel like the work should all be done from a place of like integrity and really awesome. I want the industry to thrive. I'm only one human. I can only serve a really small amount of people. I want the industry to thrive and I want to be able to cheer on other people doing similar things for me because I know myself well enough to know what I do and what I do is cannot be replicated by anybody else because it's very rooted in me and other people in my industry can only be done by them because it's very rooted in them and their style and I do think it comes down to knowing yourself and really seeing the uniqueness in your work because then you can't compare it to anybody else yeah but that you've got to find that uniqueness within you and not from comparison because a lot of people will straight away go well I'll go and see what everybody else is doing and then I'll find something that none of them are doing that's not how the world works you need to know yourself well enough to say what are my strengths what am I really good at what does the world need more of And how can I bring all of those things together to make the customers of my business or my clients or, you know, maybe you're just trying to grow an audience. Like, so just the people who are consuming my content make them feel like they're getting something from me that no one else is offering. I think it all comes out, go into your own rabbit hole, be proactive, not reactive in your business. Yes. If you're reactive, you will always be not only 10 steps behind everyone else, but your business will feel so flaky and confusing. Be proactive, like just go down into your own rabbit hole and just move forward with so much focus. And I think that's where your magic happens. And Gabby, like, I just want to say, you've built something amazing. You've built a successful, sustainable business. I think it's actually really dangerous for our perception to be so narrow as well. Mm. To only feel like these 10 other people who are doing the same thing as me. Yeah. It really narrows in the possibilities of what you think is your pos- what is possible for you, what you're capable of. Your work is bigger than that. Just like their work is bigger than that too. And I think you are capable of so much more than what your comparison is allowing you to see right now. And I think you've already achieved so much while struggling with comparison, but imagine how much more you will enjoy this journey if you find a way to be bigger and braver than your comparison. I have two things to finish with that I kind of tell myself if I'm ever in that headspace. One is, sounds so obvious, but just a reminder to remember when you wanted what you have right Mm -hmm, now. mm -hmm. Because there was a time when all those things that Gabby's listed, all those things that we have in our businesses were dreams beyond dreams for Mm -hmm, us. mm -hmm. And how would that version of ourselves feel right now? Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is, what if your best idea is still to come? What if what you've done so far is just the groundwork? for the amazing success that's going to happen next. And by limiting yourself and thinking that maybe you're done and these people are going to overtake you and and everything's at risk, you're holding yourself back and stopping that next idea from coming. The best is yet to come. I think if we don't think our best work is ahead of us, what the hell are we doing? Yeah. 
I just and also the thing that really helps me is the only path I'm on is my own yeah and also in comparison if I'm ever triggered with comparison the thing I always ask myself is do I want what they want do I want what they have honestly the answer is always no yeah because the only life I want is the life I'm building for myself and sometimes it's just that sometimes we make really specific decisions in our life for specific reasons and sometimes there's all this the ghost lives that we could have lived the sister yeah. lives I have one where I'm I moved to Paris in my <laughs> teens and learned to speak fluent French so I imagine that if so if you saw someone now on Instagram who was living this sister life that you could have lived yep. one day sometimes it's just that what we're jealous of or comparison of is just a version of ourselves that wasn't the right version for us but was maybe hard to let go yeah like the one that got away yeah and I just think when you feel in comparison pay attention to what you're actually searching for there but I think the bigger question is how can I lose less time to opening myself up to arenas where I can be exposed to comparison absolutely and just you're not alone like it's you're not crazy you're not silly you're not stupid you're a human being and I do think it's really hard in this industry as to find your place in it all yeah and and to to find the things that feel like success to you when the whole world is kind of watching um and to take to kind of keep your faith in the things that feel like success to you when maybe that's not going to be broadcast to everybody else yeah, it's, it can be lonely and isolating. And I think this is where also having like a group of people around you who help you connect to yourself is the most important. Honestly, I am happiest in my business when I'm at peace in myself. Yeah. And when I lose myself, that's when everything goes out the window. They're just so linked. So we would love, 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 because I mean, there's no one listening to this. I do not believe there is no one listening to this who doesn't struggle with comparison at one time. If there is, you need to come and tell us yeah. your secrets. <laughs> But everyone else, also, we want to hear from you too. So use the hashtag Dear Hopeful Creative and go and check out under that hashtag because maybe that person is there now typing, telling us the secrets <laughs> to being superhuman. Yeah, and just good luck, Gabby. I I hope for you that you can continue to build the business that you really want to build and enjoy the journey so much. And maybe there are some beautiful friendships that could happen with these people you're comparing yourself to that you're closing yourself off from. So I think that's also maybe just reach out to one of them and just say, hey, I love your work. Absolutely. Who knows where that will go? Yeah, but good luck. You can join us at lettersfromahopefulcreative.com and on social media. So on Instagram, I'm at me and Orla. And you'll find me at Jen Carrington underscore. We are going to be sharing new episodes every Monday. So if you've liked what you've heard so far, hit subscribe in your podcast app and be sure to leave us a review because it will help other people find the show. Yeah, and we can't wait to connect with you soon.